Hey there, I'm Sophie Dalton, life and business coach and head soulful warrior on a mission to help ambitious souls like yourself live a life more connected to their truth. In today's world, it's easy to to see so many people suffering from frustration, dissatisfaction, addiction, anxiety, depression, plateaued success, and just generally feeling out of place in their lives. It's my mission to show that these are all symptoms leading back to one cause, the degree to which people are living their truth. In this podcast, we go deep with industry experts, millionaires, wellness warriors, and my own personal stories to mine the truths that help us all live a powerfully soulful life. I hope you enjoy the episode and don't forget to give us a review, share it with your best friends, workplace or clients so that we can all heal together and remember who we are. So much love to you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Katie Richardson, welcome to the Soulful Warrior Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. We're going to get into some nitty gritty tech strategy and the soul behind your explosive growth as an entrepreneur. So welcome to the podcast. And can you give us a little explanation of who you are and what you do? Sophie, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. And I love that you're not just talking about the business, right? The surface piece, but that we're talking about what was going on inside because that's a big piece of it. And it's honestly, it's a big piece of my story. So I'm Katie Richardson. I built a multi-million dollar international business. It still feels weird to even say that, but it's true. (laughs) Built a multi-million dollar international business, have since sold and exited that company, which was awesome. And I now coach high-performing entrepreneurs, people who are in the seven-figure space and are committed to being the very best in their industry. And I show them how to do that. So you have a crazy story of going from having a non-existent product to being shared on Ellen, Rachel Ray, Today Show, and named product of the year, all in the first 12 months of revenue with yeah. zero ad spend. That is the craziest <laughs> title I've ever heard. So what, how did that happen? And what was your internal journey like as, that, as, as you were exploding like that? Yeah. So what you just said is absolutely true, but people need to know that there was almost three years of building a foundation before all of that. And, and like, it felt like three years of absolute failure after failure after failure. And I really want to share that piece of it because I feel like we hear these amazing stories and we only see the highlight reel. And what Unfortunately, what people are missing is the most important part. And I'll tell you, Sophie, before I had that, that product that just exploded, I had a product that totally fell flat. Um, a year prior to that taking off, I went to a trade show. Everything was on the line. I had zero money in my bank account. Like I had invested everything and more into a product that I was just sure was going to be a game changer. And I was in an amazing booth talking to all the major retailers And they were asking me question after question after question. And honestly, I was way out of my league and I didn't know the answers to the questions. I mean, I did the best that I could to answer their questions. And they were saying things like, what are your lead times? What's your wholesale price? What does your retail package look like? Do you carry insurance? And I just, I did my best to answer all of those questions, but I didn't um, totally know the answers. And at the end of the day, nobody placed an order. And I flew home with, from that show. And by the way, like I was pregnant with our third and this, like everything was on the line and it had to work. And I had to fly home and have a very real conversation with my husband and tell him this product that we had been investing in, that we'd been getting patents on. 
I had to tell them nobody wanted it and that nobody placed an order. And it was absolutely devastating. And like, not just devastating monetarily, like, yeah, that really sucks. But I felt like a complete and total failure. It was embarrassing. Um, My family knew everything was on the line and my in-laws and like all my friends, they knew that we were doing this thing and that it was supposed to take off and it didn't. And um, I was ready to give up at that point. And my, fortunately, my husband, who's a big believer in me and us and what we have to contribute to the world, he took a step back and he said, Katie, they didn't tell us no. They actually just asked a bunch of questions that we didn't have the answers to. All we have to do is answer those questions and we will be shipping this product all around the world. And what's amazing, like in that moment, Sophie, all I could see was absolute failure failure personally, failure professionally. And what my husband was seeing was the perfect blueprint to success. And it's amazing. Like when one of the things I have learned on this journey is there's tremendous power in the quality of questions that we're asking. And Mm -hmm. fortunately my husband knew how to ask powerful questions. I didn't like, I was so wrapped up in it emotionally and feeling like a failure. And I just, I didn't want to feel that pain anymore that I wanted to run away. And he has a very high tolerance for pain. And um, he didn't actually see failure. He was like, oh, well, yeah, like they, like technically they said no, but they were asking us a bunch of questions. And so like, that's something that I share with the entrepreneurs that I work with is like, yes, you might be hearing people say no, but what else are they saying? And how can we take what people are saying and like, what are the bright spots here? And how can we grow what is working and, and move into a direction where it is a viable product that people trust and that they want to give you their money in exchange for that, that product, whether it's physical or digital. Wow. I love that so much. And, and so tell me more, like what was keeping you going during those three years that were the preamble to your your, your takeoff. Yeah. So my story is kind of crazy. Um, I had two young kids. They were four and two, not even that they were three and one and I was pregnant with the next one. So I like, (laughs) we had three kids. My husband had a day job, which he hated. He hated the job and he was getting paid, I don't know, like maybe 40,000 a year. So here we were a family of four, almost five, living on $40,000 a year. And what people didn't know at the time, I was actually living on what I call food storage. Like I had stocked up rice and beans and I was actually really good at grinding wheat and I would make bread for the family. Like we just, we didn't have fresh food. And fortunately my kids were really young, but they just didn't know any different. And so it was about having a bigger vision and like, yes, financially, we don't have a lot, a lot of money right now, but anytime that I was talking to somebody, whether it was like a potential manufacturer or a potential retailer, it was about painting a bigger picture and not saying like, hi, I'm shipping this stuff out of my garage. Do you want one? Like, that's not a powerful way to approach people. And so it's like... I'll give you an example. When I was first doing really low production, low volume of my product and people were buying it, if somebody called and like every once in a while we would make a mistake, right? And so I would get an email, someone would say like, hey, I got the wrong color. And I'm like, oh, our warehouse must have pulled the wrong one. So sorry, let me reach out to them. Well, guess what? Who's the warehouse? My husband. Where is the warehouse? My garage. 
but it was, <laughs> and this is about like having a bigger vision. And so even though we were technically a small company, it was about thinking bigger and operating bigger. And it's not about deceiving people or lying. That's not what I'm talking about. And I don't operate in that way, but it's about being clear about where you're going. And then, and, and like, as we're talking about individuals, right? The soul, not just where are we going as a company, but who am I becoming mm -hmm. and knowing how to operate from that place now. I love that so much. I've been thinking recently about how, how the, the fire of the burning sensation when you're, when you're keep, when you keep going, but nothing is working out and on, you know, if you paid attention to reality, it would be extremely discouraging. Yeah. But that how that, what feels like a, a, a fire that's like worth things are burning down around you. That is where you are remolded, like literally yes. the Phoenix. And that's, that's what it feels like when you're going through that and you're like, I am like on, on the surface, it appears <laughs> that I'm failing left and right, but yes. I know that something is coming out of this and I'm staying true to the process. Even if like, then if we get into the personal development under that, like even just because I, I, I think I like the, the values that I'm developing here. Yeah. You know, nobody has changed our world by following the rules and doing what was possible. The people who change the game and, and like create the future now know and understand how to bend reality. And this is what we were doing. We didn't have money in our bank account. We didn't have a proven, um, we hadn't proven ourselves, our product, our brand, like it, nothing was proven. And yet we knew in our mind that we were living up to those standards that we were seeing in the future. And we knew we were adding real value to the world and that this wasn't just like some hokey solution. We knew we could add real value and we just needed people to see what they needed to see in order to trust that. Mm -hmm. And so it was about like creating that brand, that product that was trustworthy. So people would make a, like a purchase order, either mm. the customer or the retailer or the media. Like how could we create ourselves in a way that people trusted us so much so that the media was sharing our story? Mm -hmm. So how the heck, like when you're talking about how being, how being not normal is, is really your key to success. How did you yeah. find the parts of yourself? Cause I have some not normal parts of myself that are likable and some that are just, you know, that you don't bring up. <laughs> I'm sure. Or maybe, maybe you do, but like, how do you, how did you find the not normal that became your strategy? Does that make sense? Yeah. I love this. And I, I think I've got a story that will illustrate this. So I told you about the trade show I went to and I came home and we had zero orders. We, mm. we spent the next year pretty much answering all of those questions, getting our ducks in a row, if you will, and kind of going pro in a way. Like we had, we had really put forth a good effort, but we were still pretty much a prototype when I had, had shown people. And so we became this, like we went all in and we really established our brand, our story, our product, even our manufacturing. Like we had that all ready to go when we went to the trade show the second time. And that time the opposite happened, Sophie. Everybody who came into the booth placed an order. Like everyone was fighting to be the one, like the first to sell it online. Everybody wanted it. And the craziest thing happened in that moment I began crumbling internally. 
like I was terrified. Like, okay, we had this moment at the trade show. I think it was even on the first day. Well, I'll just lead up to the first day. So we were setting up our booth and we were doing something totally different than everybody else. Like everybody else had teams of people almost building a house when they were building their booth. And it was just me and my husband and my girlfriend. And we had to be really clever about our booth. Like we had to look real to everybody, but at the same time we had like zero dollars we were working with. Basically everything that we were putting into this was, had to fit on the Amex that we had. And so we had to be really clever and smart. And we, we were forced to play the game differently. And we built a booth that we could literally tape together. It sounds kind of funny, but it's true. We taped our booth together, but it looked amazing. It was like this really cool um, window display that maybe you would see at like anthropology or something kind of like that. Mm. And so we had like, and I, I share this because leading up to the open of the show, I was not talking very much and I was watching how much money everyone was spending. And I was saying in my mind, everyone's going to see right through this. They're going to know that you're just some stay at home mom who doesn't really know what she's doing, that you're not really a business person that you don't have fun. Like if they place an order, you don't actually have funding to go manufacture that order. Um, I was actually weaning my son that week that I was there. So of course I have those thoughts about like, are my kids okay? Is this the right thing to be spending a week away from them? And all those kinds of things that come along with being a parent. So for days leading up to the show, I'm like attacking myself in my mind and I'm terrified. So when it, it works and people are handing their credit card numbers to us, then I start to have the question of, oh crap, are you going to say something that totally exposes what's going on here? And I was starting to hide from people. <laughs> and, mm. and I was, I was saying, Hey, you should talk, you should talk to Diana. She's our global sales director. But in my mind, I knew Diana was my best friend from college who I wasn't even paying to be there. And, <laughs> and so like, I was, I was really intimidated and I was afraid of exposing what was going on. And there was this point where like a couple hours into the first day, my husband pulled me aside. Like we go, around the corner. He's like, Hey, where's Katie? And I said, what do you mean? Where's Katie? I'm right here. What are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 no. Where's Katie? You're like pushing everybody off onto me and Diana, like what's going on. And I just cracked open and I started sobbing. Oh, I still feel that Sophie. Um, mm. and I was just like, they love it. And I'm so afraid that I'm going to expose us. Mm. And he listened to me and I just like, all my fears just came pouring out of me. And I'm, I'm like trying to make sure nobody sees me crying. He listens to me and he, and I, and I'm telling him like, I'm not a real businesswoman, and they're going to find that out. And then they're not going to trust us and they're not going to place an order. And we're like, this won't work. And he listens to me and he said, no one's expecting you to be something that you're not. Just be Katie. Like everybody loves Katie. Just be Katie and ask them if they want 25 or 50 for their store. Mm. And he taught me a very profound lesson because in that moment, I made a radical shift. I didn't realize I was trying to be something I wasn't, Sophie. And in that moment, I made a shift and I was like, I know who Katie is. I can be Katie Richardson. Like Katie Richardson knows how to connect with people. She's human. Um, she knows that when she's talking to somebody that they're probably a father or a parent 
or a brother. And like, I know how to have that kind of a conversation. And it was interesting because I went from being afraid of quote sales and selling people to shifting into, Oh, I'm just connecting with people and helping them solve a problem. Mm. And this was one of the greatest lessons of my life. And what happened is like that fearful woman who was afraid of being exposed, she was destroyed in that moment. And I showed up as Katie, the person who likes knowing what's going on in your life and likes solving problems and is, is easy to connect with. Wow. And then that, so you like, this is, yeah, your this story perfectly illustrates the idea of, of sitting, like staying, not, 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 uh, the, the transformation process that happens when you're in the fire and, yeah. and how you become the next version of yourself because you allow that old version to melt away. And, yeah. I had to let her go. And, and so how, like, and then now we're making, oh, I'm just getting so excited because now this is, this is the proof of how, when you are yourself and when you shift that, that yes, yes, you can, you can get the success through the hustle and the grind and the, the ridiculous hard work that you all had to put in. But then when you had this shift and I'm sure many others of constantly shifting closer and closer into who you actually are, like, like now your brand is that you, you know, that you generate more money and you help other people with their businesses by being themselves. Totally. And that, that ended up being one of the greatest assets that we had is we then became really, really clear. Okay. What makes us different? Not how are we better than the competition, but what makes us totally different? And rather than, cause typically I feel like a lot of times when people see something different about themselves or their company, a lot of times we interpret different as bad as a thing that we need to hide. And in that experience, like I lived it, the fact that I was different, I lived it and I, I understood how that was actually an asset. And so we really leaned into that and we, cause people at first would say things like, well, your product doesn't do this. And we're like, exactly. That's why it's so great. And, and we just learned to lean into that rather than hide from the things that made us different. We played it up mm. and it, it captured people's attention. It made us very memorable and it turned us into something that was really shareable. And mm. so because of that distinction and that difference, people would tell their friends about it. They would tell other retailers about it. They would tell the media about it. And like it became something that people remembered because we were different. Mm. So I have, um, I have a, a version of this problem that I'm excited to hear your, your opinion on. It, with my clients, they're, they're ambitious women who have done work super hard to get all the achievements. They have all the boxes checked and, and they have a, bit, a thriving business that's making money that looks like they should be super grateful for their lives. But there's this dissonance in between how everything looks on the outside and how they actually feel about themselves. Yes. And, and what I see is this, what I like to call a soul procrastination of, of knowing, like having all of the technical skills of promotion, of marketing, of, of differentiating yourself. But that when it comes to owning what that is about you and your characteristics, it becomes much, much harder yeah. And so I'm interested what, how you did that when you switched from doing this to your prod, from your products to yourself. Okay. This is so good, Sophie. So I just shared this transformational experience that I had really early on in my career. And, and I really feel like 
that process never has to end. This process of continuing to grow, continuing to expand, continuing to become a greater version of ourselves. And so I went through just what you're describing. I went through that several years ago before I exited my company and ultimately became a high performance coach. I was in my company. Um, we had like all the accolades, all the validation. I had an amazing team. I built this very recognizable international brand. And yet inside, there was a piece of me that was still not being fulfilled. And there were needs that not, were not being met. And it was, I tried to turn a blind eye to that for years. <laughs> and it got to the point where I could no longer silence that piece of me. And for so long, I was feeling strongly that I needed to be making deeper connections with people. And I was trying to see how, okay, I'm doing that in my physical products company. And I kept telling myself like, you need to be okay with this, Katie. And, but the reality was there was a piece of me that was still not having a voice and that was still not feeling fulfilled. Mm. And I didn't want to admit it for a long time. And then when I finally did say, okay, may, I started to ask myself, maybe I can fulfill that piece of myself in my existing company. Mm. And I kept trying to see if there were ways that I could shift my business model and continue to expand in this way personally within my existing company. And um, long story short, I was presented with an opportunity to exit my company. And before I had kind of gone through this exploratory experience, I would have said, heck no, like, there's no way this is my baby. I built it. It's, it's, it's me. I can't part with it. Like there's no price that you could name that would allow me to move beyond this. And when that opportunity came to me, it was, this is a chance to like start fresh and to really like, to really build a foundation from where I'm at now versus like trying to build on a foundation that I had built 10 years prior. Mm. And so I made a bold move and like, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, you exited your company, you, you made a bunch of money, like that's really, that's the dream. And it is, but at the same time, like it was a really scary time for me, Sophie, because up until that point, I had been known as Katie Richardson, the founder of Pudge. Katie Richardson, a globally recognized product designer. And I was stepping out into this world of coaching, into this world of training, into this world of teaching, into this world of like doing tons of live video and interviews. And I didn't know if I was actually good at this. And so it was a really scary point for me to make that radical shift. And in order to do that, I had to take what I had been really, really good at, which was product design, and I had to put it on a shelf. Cause I knew if I didn't do that, that it would be too much of a crutch and I wouldn't be all in into developing this new area of myself, which is coaching, mentoring, training. And I just, I felt strongly that that was a direction I wanted to go. And so I had to go all in. Mm. So in that process, I just have to share this, like in that process, there were so many battles going on in my head. Who do you think you are? You think you can show people how to do what you did? Like, who are you to show somebody else how to build a multi-million dollar international business? Who says what worked for you is going to work for other people? Who are you to be a speaker? Who says you're an expert? Like, there was so much of that going on in my head and I had to battle it out. And there were so many days, Sophie, where I would just, ugh, wake up in the morning and like, that was what was going on in my head. And I would just sob in the shower and be like, did I just make a big mistake? Mm. 
had to walk through the fire. And you, you talked about this, like in order for a company to be something amazing, in order for us to become something amazing, we have to be willing to face those fears and we have to be willing to walk through that. Mm. And I have just learned that there's something so much greater on the other side of that fire that I want to walk through it. Mm. I trained myself to look for those opportunities and to not cower, even though like it's human nature to not want to experience those things, to not feel that pain and the unknown. It's, but at the same time, I know what's on the other side. And so I force myself to walk through those fires. I force myself to do what's uncomfortable because I want to, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to develop. I want to continue to expand my impact in the world. And that's the only way to do it. Is mm. by, and, and there's a saying, there's no growth in the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And there's no comfort in the growth zone. I love transforming. I love changing. I love growing. I love expanding. And I just, I know that it's going to be uncomfortable every time. Mm-hmm. Something I just want to thank you for so many of those points, but something um, that I've been trying to do recently with myself and my clients is to take pride in seeking the discomfort so that when that inevitable to, to know that when, when your day is 99% uncomfortable, (laughs) when you start your day with something uncomfortable and whether that's like making eye contact with the stranger or following up with that sales call, or, you know, it, it could take any form, um, to, to thrive in the pain of discomfort because in that moment you are making yourself proud. You can like lay your head to rest at night without, without anxiety or, or without, with at least, um, like a counter argument for your anxiety, because you were a badass that stood up and to your own fear. And, but I, I further just want to thank you for sharing your story of, of what the process was actually like of changing your companies, because I see women and people in general that, that are in this trap of gratitude, um, especially in the, if, if there's anything with, you know, if they're in the personal development world of trying to, like trying to force the discomfort down by just thinking that they should be grateful for what they already have but that's that's ignoring this this emotional guidance system that's trying to tell them that there's something more absolutely absolutely and we can we can we have two options there well there's always infinite possibility but we can continue to numb ourselves and run and hide from that and distract ourselves in lots of forms or we can finally tell the truth and say you know what I do want more. I do want to become greater than I currently am. And I'm willing to get uncomfortable in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk, just the, the last question that I want to ask you, because I want to be respectful of your time before we um, get into where to follow you is your, your mission statement to build financially successful businesses without sacrificing family, fitness, or faith. Can you just yes. talk about why that's so freaking important. <laughs> Yes. I love that you're asking this question. Um, so I am actually the article that entrepreneur magazine covered me on was called the accidental entrepreneur. I didn't get into this because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just, I really liked solving problems and I was also committed to being a mom. And I mentioned that my entrepreneurial story starts with having multiple kids already. 
And I was really committed to that. Like family is just really important to me. I know money is not going to solve all of my problems. And I know that relationships are significantly important. And I wanted my life to look a certain way. And so when these opportunities to create a business and to grow it, they just, they kept coming, Sophie. And I kept trying to hide from it, honestly, in the beginning. Um, and it finally just got to the point where I couldn't ignore it. And the thing that was holding me back at that time was this belief that successful entrepreneurs and successful businesses require the sacrifice of other things that are important, specifically family, your time, um, even your health, oftentimes your faith and your spirituality, because those all things require those things all require time, right? And in order to be the very best in my mind, it meant you've got to be a hundred percent on your business or it's, it can't succeed. And I had seen a lot of examples of this. And so in order for me to move forward, I began looking around. I'm like, who's the woman who embodies what I want to create in my life? And this was in like 2007, 2008. And social media wasn't really even a thing back then. So like all I could look to was people I had seen in either a magazine or a newspaper. And um, I really, specifically when it came to women who were mothers and who had a committed relationship with a spouse, who were active in their faith and who physically were taking care of themselves, I like I couldn't find that woman, Sophie. And I, I wanted to model my life after her. And I was really frustrated and it, it it caused me to kind of hold back and not really move forward until I reached this point where I said, hold on a minute. I'm a problem solver, product designer, and I know how to solve problems and create a product, right? A product that's, that answers a lot of questions and solves them in a really cool and unique and, and new way. And I said to myself, is it possible I could do that with my own life? Maybe I don't see the woman that I want to model my life after, but can I create her? And so I began to kind of piece together this woman that I wanted to become. I wasn't her then, but is it possible I can begin to create her in my own life? A woman who's fully committed in her marriage, a woman who's present with her family, a woman who doesn't like let go of her faith and her spirituality, but in fact has her business set up in a way that it can increase and intensify her connection with God. And can I do all of this while still taking care of my health and not reaching burnout? And this was the question that I asked myself. And that is what I ultimately have ended up doing in my life. And I continue to do. And this is exactly what I teach my clients to do. Because I really feel like, like I said before, like no success in business, monetarily, and even when it comes to fame and attention, that stuff is fleeting. It really is. And until you've experienced that, it's hard to, to understand that, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to live a life of no regret. I wanted to live a life of meaning and purpose and not just money and fame. And so... I set out to do that and create that. And honestly, Sophie, I really feel like I'm still on that journey. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've been able to be really successful at it. And it's a big part of the conversation that I have with my entrepreneurs. Yes, our business has to be monetarily successful. Like if it's not showing up in the bank account, then the business can't keep moving forward. So that, that is a requirement. But can we have that monetary success alongside success in our home, success in our faith, and success in our physicality.
Mm. Yes, I love that so much. This okay, then 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 we're then we're done. But but I I heard recently the a term arrival fallacy, which oh, is yeah. so good that yeah. just this idea that we're it's the carrot and the stick of fulfillment and peace of mind, and especially for a fiery ambitious person that. We're just going to apply ourselves and we're going to work and grind. Like I've always prided myself on my work ethic, but that just means that I am constantly in a cycle or I, I was in a constant cycle of burnout, work hard, burnout, work hard. Yeah. Um, and I just love, love what you're saying um, of using your business as like a spiritual gym to be an extension of your soul and you working through your soul purpose, as opposed to something that you just do to make money. And, and then you're like turning your soul on and off. Totally. And I like, there's a lot of people out there who say you got to hustle, you got to grind like a couple hours of sleep a night, like keep pushing. And I just know that that's not a long-term solution. And I actually have taken the opposite approach. And while the hustle and grind can like give you this spike, it's not sustainable. And I really feel like within my company, my brand, my products, and even just myself, I want this to be long-term. And so I take the opposite approach. I'm really clear that I take time every day to be still, to be quiet. I mean, we live in a really noisy time. And if we are not intentional with that, we won't ever get quiet. We won't ever get stillness. And that just leads to burnout. I really feel like our greatest answers to the questions and problems that we're trying to solve are already inside of us. So what am I doing to be quiet so that I can listen and, and hear what I need to hear and then take powerful action moving forward. So I like, I kind of take the opposite approach. You'll hear a lot of coaches, mentors saying, you just got to push through, you got to hustle, you got to grind. And I take the opposite approach. And I really, it's cool because I see this, not just in my own life, but I see the fruits of it in the life of my clients and customers. I had a client who she came to me in the fall last year. She had only done $5,000 with her business at all ever. (laughs) And I showed her like the process that I'm sharing with you. Like I showed her how to, to, I showed her a way of being, it's not tips and tricks and tactics and tools. Like I can show entrepreneurs those things, but the greater thing that I have shown her is a way of being. And it empowers her to make powerful um, actions and like make powerful decisions. And what's cool is I've watched as this woman who had only done $5,000, she quickly bumped that up to $5,000 a month, $5,000 a week. Then she was doing tens of thousand dollars a week. Um, She reached her $100,000 in January. And she just messaged me recently. She's like, I just did $100,000 this week. So like what we are talking about is not a get rich quick scheme. It doesn't do that. But what happens is you are building a very powerful and real foundation so that when it hits, it explodes. Mm. And you heard that in my story, right? Yes, I pretty much became this overnight multi-million dollar entrepreneur, but it came because I had built a real foundation and that took some time. For me, it took three years. The cool thing is I now know that process and I can, I can show other people that. So for my client who came to me in the fall, she's now on a million dollar runway, run rate and beyond by the way, but she has hit that level within like six months. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And doing this process by, you know, that, that 
that the strategy is complementary to this way of being yes. and, and the faith and the family and health, all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So much amazingness. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like I could ask you three more hours of questions, but I want to be respectful of your time. So Katie, where can we learn more about you and, and sign up for whatever you're offering? Yeah. I'm really active on Facebook. You can find me Katie Richardson coaching. I've got curly blonde hair. So just look for that um, little icon, if you will. Um, but that being said, Facebook and even Instagram, I am on Instagram, uh, katie.live on Instagram. That being said, like Facebook and Instagram, it, like the organic reach just doesn't exist. So I encourage people to go to katierichardson.com and just uh, either buy my free book buy my free book. You pay for shipping. So um, I, I share with people how to create your million dollar idea. And a lot of what I have shared with you is in that book. Um, and you can go like get on my email list and just become a part of my world. But I operate in two different ways with entrepreneurs. If you're committed to being the very best in your industry, you've had a lot of success and now you want to really see what's possible. You can become a one-on-one -on -one client with me. And I also operate within a mastermind for people who are maybe not quite ready for that kind of commitment. So you can find more information on that stuff on katierichardson.com. Okay. And we'll put all those links in the show notes, but Katie, thank you so much. It was such a joy to connect more with you. And I really look forward to the next event where hopefully I'll see you in person. You too, Sophie. And I look forward to connecting to anybody who's listening to this and whatever I'm sharing, if it's resonating with them, like reach out and connect. Okay. Thank you, Katie. Bye-bye. Wow. That was an incredible episode with Katie, wasn't it? She really gave us all the value and so much inspiration. That was amazing. I love talking to her. And I want to know what is the behind the scenes journey that you're going through? What are the highs? What are the lows? What are the unexpected road bumps? I am here to be your sounding board, to be your mirror, to help guide you through with the strategy or the mindset or the loving kick in the butt or just the the note of encouragement that you got this. I would love for you to reach out to me on Facebook at Sophie Dalton, Instagram, the Soulful Warrior Podcast, really anywhere you can find me. Um, I believe my email is in the show notes. I just want to know how you are, how you're doing, and how you're doing on your path of creating your dream business. So much love to you. I hope you have an awesome day. Remember to give this a five-star rating and to share with your friends who might need the inspiration. Thank you so much. Bye.